Hey, my name is Angela and welcome to the Dim Sum Diaries. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about Asian representation throughout my life and the lack thereof. Last week, I watched the third and final movie of the To All the Boys series, and I just saw the trailer for the new Disney movie. I think it's called Raya and the Last Dragon. And this kind of got me thinking about the topic of Asian representation and how that's changed throughout my life. So today I'm going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about the different representation and the Asian role models that I had growing up. So I guess I'll just start with my childhood, and while I was prepping for this episode, I tried to think back to my elementary school days and think of the Asian representation that I had back then and the TV shows that I watched, and it was really, really hard for me to think of any Asian representation. Probably not surprisingly, the first person that I could think of was Mulan, and of course she was a Disney princess, So I think a lot of little girls, especially Asians, like my sister and I, were really able to connect with her and were really proud to have her as a Disney princess. And I'm not going to get into the whole live action remake because there's just too much controversy about that. I think that Mulan, the animated film, it came out I think two years before I was born. And so I think for a lot of Asian Americans and Asian Canadians like me, that was really the only representation we really had as children, um, especially those who were born in like the 2000s and grew up in the 2000s like me. Aside from Mulan, who I guess was more obvious of an example of Asian representation, somebody else that I thought of was London Tipton from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That was my favorite show growing up and I found it really interesting that they didn't really focus on her race in the show and her character seemed pretty counter-stereotypical in my opinion. I feel like the main stereotypes of Asians that I heard growing up at least were that we were cheap and smart and so it was interesting having this character on TV who was dumb and rich and so I found that I, I appreciated that because I think that it portrayed a different Asian American tale and a different experience, which I think is so important in terms of Asian representation. But I also do remember that they had a more stereotypically Asian character. I don't really remember her name, but she was Cody's girlfriend for a while. And she was like a nerdy Asian girl, which is fine. And that's definitely a different experience as well. But I think that that was definitely more aligned with general Asian stereotypes. Oh, I think her name was Barbara. I just recently rewatched Zack and Cody when I got Disney+. Plus. It was very nostalgic for me to watch that again, and I still love it just as much as I did when I was younger. Moving on, another person that really made an impact on me as an Asian role model was Yule from Survivor. And I know that that's not really a kid's show, but my family used to watch Survivor every single week growing up. And I still love it today, but my dad now is a hater because he thinks that it's all about like lying and it's not about survival anymore. But anyways, I remember watching this season, I think it was Cook Islands. Um, I think that aired when I was in elementary school 
school. And the winner of the season was actually a Korean man named Yul. And I remember just being so proud of him when he won and rooting for him the entire way. And I think a lot of Asians can relate to the experience of really rooting for like an Asian person or an Asian character because you connect with them and it's like so rare for us to see, especially growing up. And I think that that's starting to change now, but there's definitely a lot more that can be done. Another movie that I recently rewatched but was a huge part of my childhood was Rush Hour and Rush Hour 3 to be specific because I didn't watch the other ones growing up I don't think. This is also not a kids movie. It is very inappropriate and I just rewatched it a few weeks ago as well. Yeah I don't know how, why my parents let me watch that but it was such a huge part of my childhood and I still, I think it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. If you haven't watched it, it's basically about two cops, one Asian cop who's played by Jackie Chan and a black cop who's played by Chris Tucker and they solve crimes together and they're just such an iconic duo. So if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend go watch it. It's amazing. But I think that this movie was really my introduction Introduction to Jackie Chan and like kung fu movies. For some reason my family was never the type to watch a lot of like the old Hong Kong kung fu movies but a lot of the ones that we did watch were like the Americanized versions of that which I recognize are not as authentic obviously but I think it was still really incredible to see these strong Asian male role models kicking ass and being awesome. So aside from these movies and shows that are meant for the North American audience or at least like a Western audience, I did watch TVB dramas growing up which are Hong Kong dramas for those who don't know and my family would watch these whenever we were in Hong Kong. We would watch them on my grandparents TV but then even after when we came back to Canada and we were looking for them to watch, my family was really obsessed with watching like the lawyer ones. So all of like the legal dramas and for forensics and crime aspect of that so I watched a lot of those growing up as well and I think that that honestly had to do with the fact that my dad was trying to get my sister to become a lawyer and I guess it worked because she's in law school now. But anyways, aside from Hong Kong dramas, we also watched a couple of, well, I wouldn't even say a couple of, just like one Chinese drama, which was called Shen Tan Dirinjie, which translates to Amazing Detective Dirinjie, which is like the guy's name. We used to watch this show on repeat. Like we went through all of the seasons. We had them all on DVD back in the day and we would watch this show religiously. It's so weird because it's a history historical drama and I am not into historical dramas usually but there's just something about this one that is just so awesome. They really build up the characters amazingly and the mystery is really great as well but yeah that was a huge part of my childhood in terms of actually Chinese shows that were from Asia. But moving on to the late 2000s to like the early 2010s, I guess, that was really the phase of YouTube for me. And I just remember the 
OG YouTubers. A lot of them were Asian and I felt such a strong connection to them like Ryan Higa, Kev Jumba, Wong Fu Productions and like the beauty side of that as well. So like Bob's Beauty and Michelle Fan. I just remember watching these YouTubers at the beginning of the YouTube era and just feeling such a strong connection to them because a lot of their content did specifically talk about the Asian American experience and I thought that that was so so different and so new and I just remember seeing Kev Jamba's videos specifically where he had his dad in the videos as well and seeing his dynamic with his dad was so crazy to me because I related so much with my own family and so that was definitely a huge era of Asian representation especially in my childhood and it was crazy to also be able to watch these beauty youtubers like bubs beauty and michelle fan who were creating these makeup looks for asians and who had the same features as me I think that era of YouTube was just so important to Asian Americans and Asian Canadians like me who had never really seen that growing up and to be able to be empowered by their stories really allowed us to be proud of our background and to feel like we belonged. So the mid-2010s for me was my Korean phase, I would say. I think a lot of Asians go through this phase at some point in their lives and so for me this was during the end of middle school to the beginning of high school. I learned about it through my best friend at the time who kind of introduced me to k-pop and k-dramas. My favorite groups at the time were Big Bang and 21. I just remember being obsessed with these two groups and they both broken up and so obviously today it's even crazier how k-pop has grown and you can even hear bts on the radio these days and blackpink is doing amazing things as well it's just so cool to see how the pop culture scene in asia has reached this side of the planet and so many people are learning about asian culture through music Along with K-pop, I also got into the K-drama scene, and I still watch K-dramas today. My favorite one is It's Okay, That's Love. Also, I watched way too much Running Man. I mentioned this in my last episode, but I was like obsessed with this variety show called Running Man, which is just a game show kind of for Korean celebrities. And I watched so freaking many episodes of this. And it's actually crazy because I think I watched 300 episodes and each episode was an hour and a half long. So much of my middle school time was dedicated to watching this show and it I just remember it making me laugh so hard. But moving on to the late 2010s and to today, we've definitely seen a big boom in Asian representation, even though I, would, I wouldn't even call it a big boom because there's still very, very little Asian representation out there, but definitely a lot more than I saw when I was growing up. One of the most obvious examples of this is Crazy Rich Asians. It was such a huge deal for the Asian community and it made a huge impact on so many people. So to see movies like this where Asians are playing the leads in 
romantic comedies is just mind-blowing to me because I am a huge rom-com fan. I've watched pretty much every single one out there and I've never seen people like me be the leads of these movies and so that was definitely an awesome experience for me personally to be able to really identify with those characters but also I love that they were just able to include so many aspects of Asian culture in the movie itself and I think that that was a really important part of the film. Another Asian film that I really connected with was The Farewell and it really spoke to me as a Chinese person. To see the family dynamic portrayed in the movie was just so close to home for me so if you haven't watched it I highly recommend it and obviously Parasite was a huge accomplishment for Asian film and to see that win so many awards was just an incredibly proud moment for so many Asians around the world. What Bong Joon-ho said during his acceptance speech at the Oscars really impacted me as well. He said, once you overcome the one-inch-tall barriers of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films. I've definitely been discovering so many different films from different countries throughout the past couple of years so that is such a true statement and I highly recommend anybody to start watching movies that are not in English. There's just so many incredible TV shows and movies out there. Netflix has been home to a whole bunch of different Asian TV shows and movies recently as well. I watched Over the Moon which is a new animated movie and it was so awesome to see this old Chinese legend be created into an animated movie for Asian Americans and Asian Canadians born in this generation to grow up with and I love that idea. It was a really really great movie plus Philippa Sue from Hamilton was in it so you know that that music was incredible. There was also Always Be My Maybe with Randall Park and Ali Wong and then just recently Netflix released Bling Empire which I am obsessed with and all of my friends are obsessed with. We binged it all in like the first day that it came out. For those who don't know it's pretty Pretty much like a real life version of Crazy Rich Asians where they have these super rich Asian people in LA. It's like a reality show that's basically like keeping up with the Kardashians and you just get to see them deal with their problems and have drama and it's just so incredible to see this sort of Asian representation even though it's not like relatable content I guess. It's still so interesting to be able to see people who look like me be reality stars and to see all different types of Asian stories being portrayed. And at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that I just recently watched the third and final movie in the To All the Boys series. I love that these high school rom-coms are also getting Asian leads. I think Lana Condor did such an amazing job in the movie and I love her as an actress. I also really enjoyed, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like the first movie, they didn't really address her race or culture as a problem to the relationship and I personally really appreciated that because I think a lot of movies and media can portray interracial couples and just show all of like the problems with them and the difficulties and all the things that you have to overcome but I liked that they didn't really address that and they just saw it as not a problem at all and I think that that's 
really powerful as well, but I do think that it's important to talk about the problems and the challenges as well. It kind of reminded me of a show I recently watched called Shit's Creek. It's a Canadian show that just won a bunch of Emmys this year, but basically in the show they have a gay couple and instead of portraying all of the hardships and difficulties, the writers decided to create a society or like a community in the show where homophobia doesn't exist. And I was listening to an interview with Dan Levy, who is the creator of the show, and he was talking about all of the praise that he had gotten for telling the story the way that he did. And he said that he wanted to portray this sort of idealistic view of this relationship because a lot of stories will focus only on the negatives and the difficulties which are definitely important to address and to talk about but he wanted to do something different by not portraying the relationship through a tragic lens which is how they are commonly seen in media. So in the same way I think that To All the Boys also did this especially in their first movie but throughout the other two movies afterwards they definitely put a bigger focus on her culture and trying to share that with the world as well which I really liked but not seeing it kind of as an obstruction to their relationship. The last TV show I want to mention is Kim's Convenience. This is one of my family's favorites. We are obsessed with this show. Every single Wednesday, even though I don't live at home, we will video call and watch this show at the exact same time so that we can see each other's reactions. This show is basically about a Korean-Canadian immigrant family, and so my family connects so much with the stories that are told. It really has opened up so many conversations for us because they address some really important topics in the show, but they also talk about like the lighthearted, funny inside jokes that a lot of Asian immigrant families will understand, and so my family loves to watch the show together. I highly, highly, highly recommend it if you don't already watch it. I think it's on Netflix as well. It is just so funny and so relatable, and also Simu Liu is in it and he is going to be the first Asian Marvel superhero so that's coming up soon which I'm really excited about as well even though I'm not a big Marvel superhero fan. I'm just really excited as a part of the Asian community for this to come out and I think that just with all of these movies that I've mentioned what I really appreciate about it is that they are telling a whole bunch of different stories in a bunch of different genres and that's really awesome to be able to to see Asian representation in all of these different areas. So I think the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of Asian representation is about the YouTube scene today. Since the OG YouTubers back in the day, there has been a rise in so many more Asian content creators and influencers, and it's just so cool to see these young people who are sharing their stories as Asian Americans and just showing their life in general. So some of the ones that I have been watching and loving lately include Canto Mando, which are a group of three guys. I actually met them and did an event with them at McGill, but they basically create content for Asian Americans and Asian Canadians, specifically focused around culture. Another similar YouTuber is Jay Lu, who is a 
Cantonese YouTuber from Hong Kong, but she does videos in Cantonese, in English, in a bunch of different languages, but she is showing her life in Hong Kong, and she does a lot of funny cultural videos as well. Another YouTuber that my dad really likes is Uncle Roger, who I think became popular very recently for his fried rice video, but I sent that to my dad a while ago when it came out, and my dad became obsessed. Even for Christmas this year, my sister and I got him an orange polo shirt to look just like Uncle Roger, and he loved it, so that's definitely one of his favorites right now. Another YouTuber who's not really new and has been in the YouTube scene for a long time is Mikey Chen, my favorite food YouTuber who basically just goes around the world eating a bunch of food and somehow he never gains weight. But literally that is my dream job if I could have any job in the world. Some other YouTubers that don't specifically make videos about culture but are Asian American and are more so lifestyle YouTubers include Ashley K from Your Mom Ashley. I actually just listened to her podcast today and I love it. She does talk a little bit about being half Korean, but I think I just like her content mainly because her family is just so funny and adorable. I also used to watch a lot of videos from Ashley from Best Dressed, which is a fashion channel. I've also been watching a lot of Trin Lovell lately, who does movie reviews, and I love her take on movies and her reactions to different movies from my childhood. I've also been watching a lot of Linda Sun lately, who does like fitness and health videos, and I think it's so cool how she's become so popular in this genre, which is typically very white. But I guess Chloe Ting and Blogilates are also Asians in the fitness side of YouTube, but... I think what Linda Sun is doing that's so unique is really just being super authentic about her life and watching her family speak Chinese in the videos as well as seeing them cook Chinese foods is very refreshing because I think that Chinese food isn't always seen as like the healthiest options and typically when people are talking about like healthy food, you mainly just see like the basic white people foods and so to see Linda Sun like popularize Bing, which is like a Chinese biscuit pancake thing, is so cool, especially because on her Instagram she shows like all of the people that have recreated her recipes and to see that Chinese recipe being shared with so many people is just so incredible. I guess the last YouTuber that I've been obsessed with for a little while now is Elliot Choi. Um, he does university lifestyle-ish videos, I guess, but he has the most amazing videography skills and his editing is just incredible. But his videos always comprise of a lot of other Asians, which I think is really cool. And he actually has like a squad of other Asian American YouTubers. So I think that that's also super cool. And they did like a kind of like a hype house situation over the summer, I think. So to see different Asian squads on YouTube is also pretty cool. 
and I'm sure I'm missing a whole a bunch of Asian YouTubers that I watch, but those are the ones that I have been really enjoying lately. And I just think it's so cool how there are so many Asian YouTubers and influencers these days who are sharing their stories as Asian Americans. And I'm just so excited for this new generation of Asian Americans and Asian Canadians who get to grow up around this because I didn't and so I really really appreciate it now that it is becoming a little bit more common. And I guess that's really what I'm trying to do with my podcast as well is just to be able to share my specific story and to add it to the collection of Asian American stories out there. I think it's also super important to have this Asian representation and to have these communities today when there is increasing racism against the Asian community, especially in the States. So it's been really important to have these Asian role models who are standing up and speaking about it like Daniel Day Kim and Simu Liu and all these other celebrities. If you don't know what's going on right now, please educate yourself by following different news outlets like Next Shark on Instagram. It's been really great to see Asian American celebrities using their platforms to promote these important issues and to get the word out about them. So yeah, that ended on a little bit more of a serious note, but that was my journey throughout my life with Asian representation and seeing it grow so much throughout the past 20 years. I am so excited to see what the next few years and the next decades will bring in terms of Asian representation and I'm so excited to hear all of the different stories that are still not told yet. I would also love to hear your stories of what kind of media and Asian representation and role models that you grew up with. So please let me know on my Instagram page. It's at the Dim Sum Diaries podcast. Thank you all for listening to this episode and I hope you stay tuned for more stories from me. I'm going to try to publish two episodes a week depending on how busy work is, but usually it's very chill. So I will talk to you soon. Bye!